0: Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media on a mission. Mission. A mission, Luke. On a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, and I am joined, as previously alluded to, Luke Akery.
1: Yes, with a backwards baseball cap today. So if you're not, if you're just listening to this, we love you. But we would love you even more if you go check out our YouTube Dot-com slash reminder media and look at Josh and I in these awesome stay paid hats because they're coming at you. They're not for sale yet, but they will be for sale. It'll and our goal is to not to make sale. a ton of money off of these hats or any money, for lack of a better word. <laughs> it's really just to give you guys this awesome freaking merch. Yeah. So you can rock the brand. Because the name and comment, I've gotten a lot of compliments on the name Stay Paid. If you like the name Stay Paid, let us know. Because I really like that name, Stay Paid. The stay one thing paid, I've baby. noticed
0: is people um, have I have to repeat it a couple times. So. It's important to have stuff. Yes, with it the printed merch. On there. We're going to have shirts. It makes it easier to talk
1: to. We're going to have about. hats, coffee mugs. I wanted Josh to create a flag. We literally
0: don't have any of this stuff, Lucas. Oh, me. okay. I'm making this up. I literally. Jesse's I taking we notes in this. the background. I thought we were doing this. I thought we were doing coffee mugs, shirts, we, flags. We got these for internal. Okay,
1: so guys, <laughs> but we are. We're going to give you a chance to order these stay paid hats coming soon. We are soon. Them
0: available. Online at staypaidpodcast.com. You're going to learn yes. something account.
1: about me because today, Josh is going to tell you about this podcast. Today's all about the anything you know Josh and I personally. <laughs> anybody who works with me for more than a, a week realizes that I tend to just leap before I think. I just, you know, somebody said to me, uh, I was texting back and forth with Keith Wilson. Now, he's supposed to be on our podcast, but he keeps bailing on us. He's a great insurance guy. But he said that he's working three to four hours extra each day because they're in the process of renewals. And I said, I'm proud of you. You're finally pulling hours like me. And he said, yes, for lack of better judgment. And I texted back and I said, I've never been known for my judgment. (laughs) I've been known for failing fast. That's what I've been known for. (laughs) Dude, action, man. Got to take action. Anyways, what are we talking about today?
0: Yes. Yeah, so as we talked a little bit about on the Facebook Live prior to going uh, on the podcast here, our theme this week—if you're listening to this on Monday—our theme for the uh, for the week is all about relationships and family. Obviously, with the holidays coming up, you're going to be gathering with family, and we thought about what we could talk about from a business perspective. And really, there's only so much to say. I think one of the the business advice that we would give everybody from a as you're getting together with your families this holiday. Think about how can you find out, how can you learn what your family members do? And then how can you add value to what yep. they do as their profession? don't we say ignore it all the time. Them. Yeah. And don't ignore Don't them. assume that your family members know what you do for a living or what you need to make your uh, business successful. The same thing with, with them. Reach out, find out, you know, how many things can you talk about? other than politics, which you can try and avoid Dude, at the
1: family re, dinner table. When, because Thanksgiving just happened. My my brother Mark brought his girlfriend home that we've never met before. Olivia, it's awesome. So if you listen to this, it's great meeting you. But the the funny thing was, as I told my brothers, I said, we are the most controversial family. Like our dinner conversations, <laughs> all we talk about are politics, religion, and then sports. And, and finance. there's nothing. Oh. well, Yeah, finance. Well, yeah, nothing's more dividing. Nothing's more
0: dividing than those Sports teams, and, yeah, exactly. Politics
1: and religion, we're always talking about that. Stuff. So from a it's business crazy.
0: perspective, obviously, this holiday season, have fun, enjoy time with friends and family. Make sure that you're, you're finding out what your family does. See what you can do to add value to their business. And then, of course... Don't assume that your entire family knows what you do. If you're in real estate and what you need to make your business successful is referrals, don't be afraid to share that, yes. especially whenever the opportunity comes up in those conversations. But what we're going to do on this podcast today is we're going to, uh, as Luke said, dive a little bit deeper. We're going to get intimate. into our backgrounds. Uh, since this is all about relationships and getting to know people, we've never really done a podcast where we just talked about our background. No. I
1: mean, we've, not at we've all.
0: mentioned it here and there. Probably because
1: people don't care. No. <laughs>
0: We're, what, 52 episodes in, mm-hmm. and we've never really talked about our journey up to this point, Yep, uh, both with Reminder Media, 54 episodes. Producer Mark is giving us the 54. Are we 54? 54? 54?
1: 54. Someone fact in. check that, uh, Andrew. Fact that. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> we're, we're doing this new fact check thing, if you guys missed our... It we're adding up, fact
0: yeah. checks to every podcast. Yes, it's fact just checks fun stuff. to say. Yeah, it's
1: just fun. Hey, someone fact check that. <laughs> But then no, we do gonna, our grade after the podcast, just like you do after a political debate. They, did we they, say this fact- already on the
0: podcast that Luke's wearing his hat backwards yes, and trying to kind of figure it. out? You yes. you said what the
1: IQ I said the yeah. IQ, people lower your IQ by 40%. Um, supposedly, is what I was told growing up, is that people lowering, and that maybe was just because they told me I looked at That's like what a, your mom a, um, told Yeah, no, it was like actually my aunt Mr. Used to Adams tell me and you he would was going ball cap. It's my first boss, my first real boss, Mr. Ken Adams, which is an amazing guy, but he t- told me people will look at you and lower your IQ by 40%. Did you, stuck hear, with me did you ever, ever hear since. that? Andrea can't find it. So that fact is probably
0: made up by Luke Acree Incorporated. Did you ever hear this one that if you wear a ball cap too much, you'll go bald? I think I did hear that one. My aunt used up. to tell me that because I always wear a uh, ball cap. And I told her, I said, that's made up. And, and, and now I'm going bald. <laughs> <laughs> so, no comment. Josh told me, Carol, you called in, the, it. <laughs> in the sake of getting to know us personally,
1: Josh told me that he had amazing hair growing up. I and used yeah, to I be that one that of those that. kids. Fact that check. Would like wave it is down. not
0: true that if you wear a ball cap too much, you will go bald. No, it's that is in not genetics, true. right? Debunked. Genetics is what makes you go bald. It is genetics. So um, I think what we're, we haven't, obviously, as you can tell, we don't really have any notes in front of us or an outline. <laughs> These computers are just for show. They're a sponsorship.
1: We're sponsored by Microsoft. No. <laughs> Well, Josh has an Apple, I have a Microsoft computer. We're
0: sponsored by computers. Yeah, we're sponsored by computers. So I thought maybe we could kind of go back and forth, maybe yep. talk about, you know, your history, yep. my history up to RM, then yep. maybe we can kind of switch and then talk about kind of RM and then kind of talk about, you know, now, but maybe go just back and forth. Yeah, so, so kick it off kick it, Let of me let me tell you guys about how Baby Luke, Luke and how... Baby Luke was born into the world. Yeah. I was
1: born in Fort Worth, Texas, actually. Most people don't know that. I was born in Fort Worth. Lived there for a year, Did then grew up that. in Central Virginia because my dad is a pastor, still is a pastor, rocking it out at the same church. Fluvanna Baptist, love those people, and grew up in that church uh, in Central Virginia. I love that I was, name,
0: Flew, it was the county, name, It was the county, yeah.
1: Fluvanna County. Yeah. So grew up in that church, um, was homeschooled, is probably the most unique thing. About my childhood. No, was I homes- don't think that's the most unique. Okay, was eight kids there's in my family. The most unique. <laughs> there's eight kids in my family because my parents didn't believe in birth control. No, I don't know. If they actually, tr- they actually, it, they have nothing against birth control, but I say they didn't believe in birth control. Because, this is getting into that. Yeah, this is conversation. the intimate yeah, right. conversation. But there's eight kids in the family six boys two girls so god bless the sisters in the family oh my god and growing up we were homeschooled my mom homeschooled us not only all the way like homeschooled all the kids she homeschooled us all the way up to college like every single one of us was homeschooled from oh, wow. you know basically what is the first grade kindergarten
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah
1: kindergarten. all the way See, i don't even know my grades because i was homeschooled <laughs> the yeah what's the technically, technically the first grade is first it's grade. first grade yes kindergarten all the way up to To college and so you know what my passion was growing up <clears throat> was music. So I was one of those kids, literally. And if you've watched any of my podcast interviews, I've shared this before. I literally was. You hear about those kids that play four hours a day, five hours a day. Yeah. I literally was a kid that played four hours a
0: day. Music. Any anything guitar keyboard, guitar. And... So
1: my main instrument. Well, I started on trumpet. Mm. Then I went to trumpet was not cool enough. So, so even though I was homeschooled, because I love all the homeschoolers that might be listening to this. So we to find out what instrument I played. Yes. The, the, trumpet,
0: the trumpet was trumpet, really cool. Girls compared don't to like mine. the
1: trumpet. I know this may be a little too deep, but girls don't look at a guy playing trumpet and go, man, that is just in man, that guy's hot playing the trumpet. I don't, Name a hot trumpet player. So that was that was your passion. That was your passion. Yeah. yeah. There really you go. So so like every uh, teenage boy, I started playing the music hardcore when I was like 12. But it's the trumpet. Then I went to guitar. I played piano. And then from there, I just, you know, I've been goofing off with music ever since. But I started a band with my brothers. In fact, Dan, who obviously is our web designer who's been on the podcast podcast, before, he was the drummer in the band. Amazing Um, drummer. Yeah. Actually, Dan is probably the most talented out of all the brothers when it comes to the actual professional side of music. Like Mm. he's probably the only one that could have been maybe a studio musician because of just his technique and his ability. But, um, you know, we played music and it wasn't just playing music. I mean, we literally, I I did my first concert at like 13 years old with uh, a guy named Dan Bryant, uh, who got me started in his band. And then from there we formed, you know, we had a bunch of different names, but it ended up being the Acree brothers. But we literally would play two concerts a week. We would play church camps. We would play outdoor Dude, you're parks. you you're booking. We
0: you are getting booked.
1: No, we got booked. We did a two-week tour where, wow. we, where we were booked, you know, the whole two weeks traveling around. <laughs> we went everywhere from Texas to Florida to Wisconsin to we're all over Virginia. Um, and so we were playing a ton.
0: At 13? Or was this at, later? Uh, from
1: 13 all the way up to like 18.
0: Oh, my gosh. So well, then, you my were brother you had all this free time.
1: Had all this free time. We weren't learning anything. We didn't know math at all. What is math, you know? So it's <laughs>
0: we, hard. It's hard. Math
1: is hard. So we put in all this effort into music, and then you know, life sunk in, and my brother fell in love with his now wife, Kristen. So I, I blame Dan for breaking up the band. But so, Kristen uh, with yeah. Yoko. So, so, yes, seriously. So <laughs> had to go, um, you know, get real jobs, as they would say. So speed up the story a little bit. That was my passion was still doing music. But what's interesting is because I grew up homeschooled and, you know, something that's known about homeschool. You're about missing something
0: know. from your story, from your band story, though. What the? Win- you guys like won a? Oh,
1: won a competition. We didn't win. Here's here's the story. Oh, the story is basically in college. It's kind of weird too. Is I went to my first year of of college, and the band was kind of semi broken up at that point. But I saw a Battle of the Bands, and I literally waited to the last day of the college Battle of the Bands to enter in our demo CD. Mm-hmm. So we got selected to play at the College Battle of the Bands. We played at the College Battle of the Bands, and we won yeah. the College Battle of the Bands. Oh, okay. And all then right, they right, enter cool. you into a national competition. Yeah. And then and they, that, like, was voted. LA, that was right? voted online. Okay. So that was a bunch of bands. Then we got voted into the top three. That's crazy, And they man. flew us out to LA to play in front of the producers of NSYNC and Britney Spears and a bunch of other people. And, yeah. so, and we lost. And it makes me mad because we lost, and I love these, you know, the group, the Louisiana Street Band, but it was totally different. We're like pop music and they're like the Louisiana Street they're, I mean, how do you compete with a saxophone? The saxophone, I mean, they rocked it should've on that. Stuck with the trumpet. I know, I should have. <laughs> it wasn't sexy, but it would have beaten and we would have won the battle of the dance. So we lost that. And I thought, you know what's funny? And this is how life works, is I thought. At that moment, when we won the Battle of the Bands, we went out to L.A. because we got voted into the top three and all this good stuff. I was like, this is it. This is destiny. This is what we've been waiting for. I knew it was all worth it. And it's so funny to think about where I am now with Reminder Media and where I thought I wanted to be. Yeah. And it's just weird how – and this maybe is a, a nugget, a <laughs> golden nugget, if I can say it, to, to pull out is that – Just because something doesn't happen in your life that you thought was going to happen and that you were totally about and into from a dream perspective, it's not a bad thing. I look back, I love where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. I often tell my dad so many times that goes, man, it's amazing how much I was passionate about one thing and how much passion I have for the thing I'm doing today. So much so that, you know, it's not that I don't play music. I play every week, but it's not anything like it was Mm -hmm. to me. So it's just interesting how life works that way. But to speed up the story a little bit, you know, I went ended up going to college, I ended up majoring in computer science, and that's where I got into when I look back on my career and when you say like business side of things, like why did Luke decide to do what he decided to do? You know, when I was in college and doing computer science, the one thing that I knew about computers is I knew that all the tech companies were selling for massive amounts of money. Yeah. And you know, growing up as a pastor's kid and stuff like that, it's not that we were like destitute by any means, but mm-hmm. we grew up in church parsons. I don't remember feed, right. growing up. I don't remember going out to eat at all growing up. I remember going to McDonald's a couple times and sharing drinks. And this is not a woe is me story. I'm not one of those uh kids that has like grew up on the streets or something like that. But the point being is like, I just knew I didn't want to be poor. Yeah. And, and you know, pastors don't get into it for the money. No, so, you no. know, that's a good thing. Uh, well, so most don't get into yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. No countenance there. But the point being is that's a good thing. And so I knew I didn't want to be poor. I knew I wanted a really good job. And I knew I wanted to do something that where I could literally just be on my own, for lack of a better word, or do something that I could just create and, and be, I hate to say in charge, but be in charge. And so I started um, doing computer science. My brother, Dan, as you guys have shared, he's our web designer. He's an extremely talented designer. Yes. So I always knew Dan was the talent. I was the mouthpiece. It goes back to our band days. Dan was the drummer and he was super talented. I was the mouthpiece. I was the person lead singing in the band. I was directing the audience, playing guitar, all that stuff. And so Dan and I started a company called Nextmark Design, and that was my first foray into sales where we literally like we were we were selling to churches. We were selling to mom and pop grocery stores. We were selling to, you know, small businesses in the community where like restaurants, we even have an apple orchard that we were doing, everything like that. And so we that was my first I didn't understand sales at all. But I knew, you know, hey, we had to talk to these people. And I remember walking out of one of our meetings where we were pitching this, I think it was a church. I think it was Calvary vision Church. but we we had to go to one of their one of their members ran a website company, Okay. one of their members, mm-hmm. and we're pitching, we're not from the church, we're pitching them on doing their website and stuff. <laughs> and I remember going to their boardroom and Dan knows everything about websites and all this stuff. I know nothing. I know coding, but I know nothing about websites. And we sit in that boardroom, I give my presentation, we walk out and Dan, I remember Dan looking at me and going, I know more than you, but somehow <laughs> when you speak, they just think you know everything, and, and so that was my first understanding of just like it's not necessarily what you say; it's how Sales. you say it and how you deliver it. Yep. Fast forward again, we did Nextmark Design, but during Nextmark Design, I was actually programming for our founder and my uncle, who Steve. You guys don't. He never gets on these podcasts. He's We've shy. tried. I've so tried many to times. get Steve on these on these podcasts. Steve started. We've been Reminder trying to do a video again. with
0: him for about a year and a half. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> he's shy. But Steve started reminding me about 15 years ago. If I could ever get him to share his story, it would, I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing entrepreneurial story. But, you know, about eight years ago is when I started talking to Steve because I was doing NextMark Design. I had come up and done an internship with them in programming up here and then went back and was working in Virginia some doing some side stuff for him, working part-time for some of his stuff that he needed to program for Reminder Media on the CRM. I was doing NextMark Design, but that's when we really started building a relationship and he started talking to me. And over that time, he was really just kind of for lack of a better word, pounding, he's an incredible salesperson for how shy he is, pounding into my head, hey, we can really do something great here. And he believed Reminder Media could be so much bigger than it was. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I remember, and I know Steve doesn't mind me sharing this, he had really reached a point in his life where a lot of entrepreneurs do, and maybe you guys listening to this have reached this point, is he really reached a point of burnout and he just didn't know if he wanted to keep going. And if you guys could hear his story of all the, there's betrayal in his story, there's lawsuits in his story, there's victories in his story. I mean, we should really have him on the podcast right now. But the point being is, do you hear so story? He really reached a time he had had success, where Monty Media was successful, but he just didn't know what the next phase was. And it just so happened that the stars just aligned to where just one day I was programming in Farmville, Virginia for NextMark Design, and doing work there up in the loft of that one-bedroom apartment when I was married. Farmville, this, Virginia. Farmville,
0: Virginia. So Farmville, Virginia at, in, in Fluvanna County. No, not – yeah, Fluvanna oh. County is where
1: I grew up. Farmville, Virginia is where I went to school. Oh, okay. So that's why I talk the way I do. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. But, the, the you know, I I literally just was sitting there <clears throat> programming, working, and just – I don't, I can't even describe it – just said, Nah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna to move to Pennsylvania. I'm gonna join Steve and we're gonna see if we can take Reminder Media to the next level.
0: It's a big and risk,
1: man. It's 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 weird to think of it now. It's I think of it now. It's like it's just stupid. Why didn't I do it a long time ago? And I should have done it from the time I literally was walking. But the point being is that um, you know, I walked downstairs, told my wife, hey, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna do this, came up, and there was about a little over 40 employees at the time. Reminder media looked totally different than it does today. And we didn't really have an inside sales team at the time, but it was what Steve believed in and he knew we could sell on the phone. So the first thing I did was I sat down, for lack of a better word, with the phone book and started calling. And started calling agents and literally about two hours in, closed the deal. And as they say, the rest is history. I literally just... um from that moment, just knew I could see it. I tell people all the time, like if you have the privilege to see our sales floor, you're going to see 120 seats of what you would call like the bullpen or like people are so impressed when they come in. There's like 30 something TVs with numbers on the wall. I could see that. And I'm not saying I saw the actual seats in the TVs necessarily, but I can, I could see that we could build an army of people calling all day. And I tell people all this all the time. I can see Reminder Media International. Yeah. I can see Reminder Media in Australia. I can see Reminder Media just from a vision perspective, and from there, it has been a journey roller coaster ride. Of I feel like I've experienced everything under the sun at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's it hard from everything. I mean, from the same type of the betrayal, lawsuits, victories. <laughs> I've experienced it all, and and it's been an incredible ride. Uh, to get us to where we're at today. And this podcast is really like I was joking with a couple people literally last night that said, you know what I can see? We're gonna do all these conferences this year. And you know, we have never done really conferences before. So if you guys go to real estate conferences or financial conferences, we hope to meet you out there on the road. We're gonna do all these conferences, but I can see reminder con. Like we never thought we were gonna be doing a, a podcast. Never in a million years did we think we'd be doing a podcast when we're doing a podcast right now. We're going to be doing our own conference called ReminderCon. Mark my words; I'm saying it now. We're going to be doing a podcast and our podcast, a conference, and people are going to be showing up. We're going to have Gary V. speak in there. We're going to have Grant Cardone speaking there. We're going to have Luke Agre speaking there. Luke Acres is <laughs> going to speak at ReminderCon. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I don't know how you guys got through that looking at me with the backwards baseball cap, but that leads us. to Well, up if they're listening, the they don't have. Fa- that look yeah, right fast, now. fast story. Give you kind of the window into who I am. It's
0: funny. I had a very, we had very similar. And even listening to your story, I, I kind of knew we had similar backgrounds. But listening to it made me realize how many more similarities there really were. I grew up in a very small town. Also, uh, it wasn't even a town. I mean, it would take us fifteen minutes to get to the nearest gas station. Yep. Southern Lancaster County, southern end of Pennsylvania. Did you grow up near the Amish. I, I had. Um, all of our neighbors, we're Amish. Yeah, yeah we're Amish. Wow, a lot dude. Of neighbors yeah. Nice. Yeah, we had like maybe two or three neighbors within walking distance, and this is probably
1: a Amish stupid farms. question: Are there Amish realtors? Uh, it's probably a re- I mean, this no. maybe is my backwards hat. I, I don't, don't think you.
0: so. Yeah, I don't, it's know. A, it's I I, I don't uh, know. It's actually a great question. I don't know. I do know that when Amish there's financial advisor for anyone who's curious <laughs> about the Amish uh, housing community, <clears> there is an there is an an issue right now where there's not enough land. For Amish families to really? yeah to farm <laughs> so they would normally look for I believe like 40 acres but what they're doing is they will actually um, they'll actually buy residential houses and then they have to rip all of the electrical and all of the plumbing Dude, out that's of the house
1: wow. not just like
0: turn it off I did not know cuz by uh, our neighbor like two doors down an Amish family bought uh, the house that um, uh, from in my family's house where I grew up and uh, they came in, they ripped out all the electric, wow. the, all the wiring, all the wow. pumping, everything. So that's cool. But now it changes order to order. There's a lot okay. of. Okay. But anyway, this isn't a podcast. About <laughs> On the Amish? It. <laughs> but no, very similar, very small town, uh, very into music. I gravitated towards music and art very early. I went more towards the art side. You said trumpets weren't cool. Yes. I played the oboe. Uh, dude, you were worse than me. How Andrew's many laughing women? At me? Yeah, is laughing. I played the oboe. So was- you didn't have a girlfriend either? I didn't <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend either. Join the club, brother. It wasn't until my senior year of high school when I met my wife, <laughs> which I did. We were so your we high school sweethearts. Yeah, yeah my I wife went, and yeah. I too. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, this is weird. Really into Josh art, like brothers. Got, uh, yeah. Music, you know, obviously singing and everything. I was I played bass guitar, um, in the marching band I played the sousaphone and the bass drum, the so I played all kinds of different instruments. Always yeah. loved that. Um, in high school, really grad, uh, gravitated more towards art. Around that time, we were getting like computers with Photoshop, and this is going to show the difference between our ages here a little bit. <laughs> but we were getting uh, computers with Photoshop on it. And I, in, in one of my art classes, um, our teacher was uh, showing us how to use Photoshop. I think this was 10th grade. And like I Photoshopped myself a picture of myself on the cover of the Pink Floyd album. Did you were really? Here. Yeah. And I was shaking hands with the like, man. Do you the, still have that picture? Man. I, I still have the... Make a copy of that. We'll put it behind I us here have, on the set. That would be awesome. I have awesome. the printout of that like in my art folder of that's stuff awesome. from high Dave. school and college. That's awesome. But ever since then, I really love... It's going to go behind us. I loved art, but I knew I couldn't do anything as a fine artist, right? You can't okay. make any money as a fine artist. Best case would be an illustrator. Even that's going to be extremely hard. And fine arts, I was, never, I was never outstanding at. The arts are hard, dude. Yeah. The arts are super... So I got into kind of graphic design from there, went to a school. Um, I I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to pursue from a career standpoint. I knew I loved art. I knew I loved computers. So I ended up going for multimedia design, which allowed me to get uh, exposure to video editing. I would do print design, really learn like desktop publishing, would learn web design. Uh, We learned interactive design. So we were building like these interactive Uh, Catalogs, like I remember this one project where we had to do an FAO Schwartz catalog, and we had to do, you know, 19 pages deep of like shopping for toys on CD-ROMs. This is whenever you would also like get a wait, wait, what's a CD-ROM? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I know what a CD-ROM is, but no. So I really you weren't floppy
1: disk? I mean, I would have thought no. Yeah,
0: we did. We had we would carry little zip disks around. Yeah, we didn't even have. uh, I use floppy disk.
1: I mean, I'm not that young. I mean, I am young, (laughs) but I use floppy disk. I mean, technology's not that advanced. I mean, I mean discs, not that As Yeah,
0: this were big, yeah. But no, anyway, so I, I really kind of, uh, what I ended up really having a passion for was web design. I loved web design because I loved solving problems. I loved visual design, and I loved the idea of being able to communicate and show people something visually appealing. Are you the type of person that likes to see you, the
1: problem solved, like likes to v- see it in the sense of like, you like building a house because you get to see the finished product, right? Okay, right. That's the thing I didn't like about coding. Yeah, coding so often you you don't really get to see the it's finished true. product. It's, it's just a pass through, for lack yeah. of a better word. It's the, like the foundation. It, it really is that the best of both see. worlds
0: because you get to write the code, which I enjoy. <clears throat> I enjoy the problem solving and the detail of writing the code. Yeah, but then you get to flip into the other view, which is now you get to see all of your images lined up within your code, and you can see <laughs> the website. And it was just, I always loved making things and then showing them to people and getting their reaction. So whenever I got out of uh, college, I met Steve. Yep. About four months. Actually, I met Steve at a portfolio review in college. How crazy. Oh, yeah, because he went to recruit from that yeah, college. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how crazy was he then compared to that? I don't remember him at the portfolio review. Did he have long hair? No.
1: Steve right now, I wish you got I mean he has hair that's like <laughs> he looks like hair. Fabio. dude it's he has He has hair.
0: volume in that hair. <laughs> G- girls love his hair. But he uh, no, about four months after uh, college, I got a call from him. And he said, uh, you know, I'd like to interview you for this web design position. We are—I'm uh, putting together a team. I'm starting a company. Actually, I don't think he said he's starting a company. He said he, had a, he had a company. He had a company. Yeah. So That's I go. a salesman in him. Dude, this is my first interview. I'm working at a shoe store at the time at at a at an outlet. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Rockvale Outlet. Had you graduated That's yet, or you just? I had graduated. This so you graduated, and we're working at a shoe store. So I was doing okay. a bunch of freelance
0: you. work. Okay. I did very similar. I was doing websites for churches. I was doing Nice. Websites for um, you know what? Small if we, we never companies. came to
1: Reminder Media, we. We probably would have ended up in the some circuit. We might have been competitors. We got to start a band
0: is what we need. Yes, to. a band okay. and then design websites for churches because it's in our blood. We just know how to do it. But So I was doing that and he contacted me and, um, and I came in and this was my first interview. Actually, it was my second interview. But felt like my first real interview out of college. I get my suit. I got my, you know, they teach you in college how to interview. Sure, yeah. Player. I got my suit. I got my red tie because you're supposed to wear a red tie. That was. I like, did not know that. Did yeah, they teach pa- you that? That's like the power tie. Oh, yeah. Conference. Red is a power color. Confidence, yeah. yeah. So I show up. It's August 2002. July or August 2002. Dun, 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 dun. I show, what was the weather like? So he gives me the address. It was hot. <laughs> oh, it was hot. Okay. I'm talking like 100 degrees. He gives me this address. I show up. It's a bed and breakfast. That's <laughs> like, nice. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I at a bed and breakfast? It's like, am I about to get, company? like, kidnapped or something? So I'm standing outside. I'm like, I'm sweating in this suit. I'm trying to find where Steve is. I haven't seen him yet. He hasn't called. I'm so, I'm, I don't think we were, te- you don't text. I don't think he texted. No, you didn't me. text back then, dude. So I'm calling him, right? Not in 2002. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. So he comes, he comes up on a golf cart. Wearing, no way. wearing cargo shorts Tommy and, a Bahama polo shirt. and a backwards no. hat. <laughs> Just like that. That's great. Backwards hat. He's uh, he, he goes, "You, Josh?" Is he? Yeah, yeah, I'm Josh. He goes, "Ah, oh, get in." So I jump in the golf cart in my nice suit. I got my portfolio there with <laughs> me. He drives me down. Sweaty, nervous handshake. Drives me down behind the bed and breakfast. We pull into this really nice like area with a pool table. Had a real big screen TV. Had a had um all like the cool stuff in the corners. Like I'm like, man, this is what. This is the tech company, right? Dude, yes. This is what You're feeling was, good. This is what was promised in, in <laughs> college. They're telling you you're going to graduate, you're going to make the money, this was much worth money. It. you're going to go get a job in the tech world. You're going to be designing websites, you know the new pets.com? Yep. Was, yeah, cuz he in was all into pets, yeah. But no, they're uh, they um and so he starts pitching me on on what they're doing and, and the, the magazines and the things that things that they're doing right now and I'm like, this is really cool. I'm going to get to work in a really cool place. <laughs> <laughs> so I go. I'm telling my parents about this. I'm like, "Eh, this is really cool." I just I had, know to, it's I had to design a couple graphics for him. He's like, "I need to you know, make this banner." He was sure. putting me through the ringer, you know, kind yep. of testing my skills. So I said, like, "Yeah, I really like everything." Come back in for your second interview. So I come back in. Same thing. He comes up in the golf cart, gets me. This time, we're driving back towards the bed and breakfast. He he keeps going straight instead of turning left to the bed and breakfast. <laughs> And we go to this, we head towards this little two-car garage. So you
1: passed the really nice bed and yeah, breakfast really, that you interviewed to begin with. Literally, my head's doing this. What? Ladies and gentlemen, that is the bait and switch right there. <laughs> that is the bait. That's the
0: definition of a bait and switch. We walk into this two-car garage, and it was fantastic. It was absolutely awesome. It had, like, two little offices outside of the garage. It was on a car lot, this, uh, this two-car garage. Yeah, it's awesome. And he, he goes, you know, everything I showed you, he goes, that's where I want to get to. That's Dude, what we want to build. that's amazing. He said, Right now, here's where we're starting. Though we're going to start in this garage. There's three of and us. And you guys were selling cars, right? Out three out of, of the front. Here's what we're going to do for now, and then we're going to go build this, dude. That's and so amazing. So I bought into the vision. I bought into the pitch, and and you know it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't an empty pitch, man. Here we Not, are, dude. I mean, but it was it was really cool. We sold uh, cars on eBay for like the first eight months. And then um, we kind of split ways with that group and started. Uh, we actually worked from home. Like all three of us worked from our homes for about seven months. Yeah, we would come awesome. together every week or two. Okay. Put together a new deck, pitching some new idea. He would go out, pitch it to someone. They'd that's come back, be like, awesome. "Well, that didn't work," or "Oh, that worked, but let's tweak it here." About after seven months of that, we uh, we had put together. He said, "All right, we got some office space in Lancaster. Why don't you come in? We're gonna we're gonna make a magazine. We're gonna do this thing." We come in. We start uh, putting together some mock-ups. We take – I build like the first cover of American Lifestyle. Yeah. Right? We don't know where we're going to get the articles from, so we just start – like his partner at the time just started emailing people and like getting people <laughs> to send him, send him articles and stuff like that. He's like, here, this is how and we're going to And you guys had already sold together. at this point. Not yet. So okay. We, so we put we print the first cover. We met the printing company that we still work with today. Okay. Um, but we print the first cover. We wrap it around a Buick luxury magazine, like a oh, Buick magazine. So good. And so then they leave they pitch it to the uh some uh, Cobo Banker wasn't it? Co- yeah, it was like a president's yeah. meeting yep. for Colwell Banker Home Sale Services, which yep. then became Prudential Home Sale yep. Services, which is now Berkshire Hathaway, Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. Home Sale Services Group uh in the Lancaster, Reading, York, it was like the biggest franchise in the state. Um and uh and they come back and they go, they bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just got to make sure you understand what just
1: happened there. They printed a cover over a another cover. magazine. So they had the idea of what they wanted to do, but no magazine. Took another magazine, printed the cover over it, and then went and sold it. That just shows you. It's we all about it. – you, you, Grant Cardone says it. It's people have ideas – and then they take so long to get to the monetization of that idea. Oh, the key yeah. to
0: being successful yeah. in business is create the idea and monetize immediately. Figure out the rest later. Yeah. So then yeah. what we did was obviously, you know, we we talked to the 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 um, worked out the deal with with Caldwell Banker. Yep. Told him where we were at. And I remember that deal. And then um, and so the way that we kind of got in and really started building relationships were we would go around to the offices. And we would set up in their conference rooms a photo studio, so I would have this Ford Ford Focus at the time. I ended okay. up putting like I put like two hundred thousand miles in four years, just driving on this around car. To taking photos of agents. And we would drive around. I would go, I'd set my computer up, we got a green screen. We didn't know how to do this. But Steve goes, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Figure out how to take photos. Well, what, I, I Wasn't it, yeah, literally Steve just goes to an
1: agent that he's selling, they're like, how do I get my picture? Well, he goes, oh, it. we take pictures we take for you. Pictures. And so Josh was like, I guess we take pictures now.
0: Yeah, so we went to a local <laughs> camera shop, we got all the equipment we need, we had like a piece of construction paper for a green yep. screen background. So then the way that we did it then was we would go in, we would do photos for people, we would give them their photos. Um, so people would line up, make appointments, get okay. their photos taken. And then at the time, we're like, hey, you know, we'll give you these photos. That's why we're here. But if you're interested in trying out this new marketing product that yep. we have, uh, we'd be happy to clean the photo for you, cut it out. It was full body shot. That was kind of cool at the time. Digital cameras weren't ubiquitous at the time. Right, yep. Um, you couldn't take, you know, now you can take. Your smartphone can do as nice of a picture. Yeah, now. yeah. so it's we crazy. got all the, all the flashes and everything set up. And that's how we sold our first 212 accounts Whew. was through going around, taking photos, uh, and our first print run. For mailers, was about 17,000 plus, you know, our additional copies, which today are called promotional copies. And it took months. It took months to get up to that. Oh, dude, we did three different print runs. Yeah, it's crazy. Nobody understood what we were doing at the time. And it's hard to appreciate it now because variable data printing, you know, this level of customization, this personalization. Right, it was brand new. It was brand new. It was brand new in 2003. Um, So no one really understood what we were doing, but we finally found a partner that worked for us. And, The entrepreneurial spirit that we still embody today, and this is, I think, important to our audience because you guys are entrepreneurs. You guys are business owners. Mm -hmm. If you're running a service-based sales professional, and it's that mentality of whatever it takes. Yep. We slept on couches at at our print facility. (laughs) We stayed there for 36 hours straight was my longest work day.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Running
0: between three different locations. We worked in a garage with no heat in the winter and no air conditioning in the (laughs) summer. I mean, literally sitting there with our jackets on. But we had really nice uh, desks. We had these really nice glass <laughs> desks and new computers. Just so you feel like a boss. So <laughs> We felt like pretty awesome there. But that really is it. It's, and it's a, it's a value that we carry through this company 15 years later. Um, but yeah, and then in, in, in the Lancaster office, uh, Tom Setliff, yeah. who is still our um, director of IT. And he's our director of IT. The he, guy's uh, a genius. We would sit there and what we would do is uh, during the day, we would program the interface or I would take photos during mm-hmm. the day. At night, he would come to the office from college. Yeah, because Steve recruited like him away. out of college too, yeah. Out of college, he yep. would come work for us at night. Yep. We'd build the interface. And then in the middle of the night, I would work on the magazine. Yep. And then we'd get up and we'd do it all again the next day.
1: So, so let's let's close out this interview with the question we always ask our people we, that we <laughs> interview. Knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell younger Josh? That's a deep question right there.
0: I know. It's funny. Every time I hear us ask that question in the interview, I always think... What's what would I? What would, yeah, I what tell would you tell your younger self? Honestly, um, it wasn't so much during those days yeah. that I would change anything. Yep. Because um, part of it was I was along for the ride. You know what I mean? And we were just doing whatever it takes. When you're in that mm-hmm. mindset of doing whatever it takes, you're not thinking about or assessing anything. You're just getting it done. Yeah. It wasn't until we got a little bit bigger and we started growing the company a little bit more and yep. started seeing the success that i that what i would change then would be to not take things too seriously. Mm. I think what happens is you start to overthink things. That's so crazy. You start that to you overanalyze that. it. Yep. You start to not take action and you start talking analysis about it more or paralysis, paralysis by, by analysis. analysis. Yeah. And i think that there were there were points along the way where i would go back and say, you know, don't don't take it so seriously. Yep. This is supposed to be fun. Yep. You know, once you start when you have nothing to lose, <laughs> You're completely free and ready to go. The minute that you have uh, something to lose, you get protected. Yes, you get scared. It's what it is, to, man. You start to hesitate. It's
1: that's a huge sales principle right there. You lose deals because your pipeline's not full. Yeah. Because you have this deal is everything to you, so you literally coddle it into losing it. Yeah. You what about you? To, what are the to, uh, uh, what would you tell? It? It? Oh man, it's such a deep question. I think there's two things I would say. One is. If you don't know, don't trust others to know. And that's not about micromanaging, but it really is a something I've learned the hard way. So often you think, put yourself in this situation, you think, like maybe you're an agent, you think your broker knows. They'll tell you. They'll tell you if you're doing something wrong. You think you know your employee knows. Yeah, or that's, that's, if you don't know... Yeah. Don't trust others. And it's not a statement to say you have to know everything, but it's a statement to say you have to be willing to own the failure of it. Because so often I've had failures happen where I go, man, but it's not my fault. No, it is your fault. It is your (laughs) fault. Because at the end, the consequences are with you, so it is your fault. So if you don't know, don't trust. That's funny. You know. Both
0: of both of our answers relate back to our core values. I guess it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's, those, it stemmed from our hearts. We're on the team that created the core values, <laughs> so. but I mean, taking action is yep. one of our core values. Yep. So our core values are fearless. Yep, it stands for fun. We like to have mm-hmm. fun first. Extreme ownership. Uh-huh. Which is what you're talking, yep. about. what was
1: that? I was about to scream it and then you cut me off and I was like, I don't know what to do here. I'm about to scream extreme ownership and he just said it and I'm like, this is going to be
0: awkward. Well, this is less awkward. Yeah. <laughs> extreme ownership, you want to do the next one? Action. Action. Take action, baby. Take action, baby. Relationships, Relationships which is what we're talking about today. Yep. Leadership for yep. L, entrepreneurial spirit for E, yep. Sa- uh, service. Service and sales. Sales.
1: Yep. I would say the, the second thing I would tell uh, myself is that it is never as bad as you think it is. <laughs> it is never as bad as you think it is. And that is like that, you know, you like to say, think bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the opposite to me in the sense. Of, and like, it's just another way to say it. It's not the opposite of thinking bigger. It's just the, another way to say it. it's never as bad as you think it is. Look so at the bigger, bigger picture. So oh, go yeah, bigger. So, so don't, don't fear it. It's like, I did a pitch today to, you know, the head of Keller Williams Fender program. And, you know, it's just like, I just entered the pitch going, there's nothing to lose. It's right. never as bad. The uh, You know, Andrew Saxon, who's our VP of financial services and runs our financial services division. He always says the wolf. Always is a is a mouse. The wolf in the closet always turns out to be a mouse, and it's just like it's never as bad <laughs> as you think it quote. is. It's so true. It's it's never as bad as you think it is. And once you understand that in life, no matter what comes your way, from you know deals lost to people getting angry at you to threats to whatever it is, it's never as bad as you think it is. And just keep trucking.
0: We did have a question from our audience. Uh-oh. Uh oh, this is e- scary. Ethan Acre, who's been on the podcast before, yeah. uh, wants to know who your best friend is. Uh oh. I think he was setting yeah. you up there, though. <laughs> Ethan is currently the funniest person that I know.
1: <laughs> but his, the, Ethan's sense of humor is dry, so he offends a lot of people because they don't know he's j- joking. But because I've grown up with him and I know I don't him, know what
0: episode number it was, but he was on here talking about how to hire. Yeah, he's an incredible, bro. incredible recruiter. Yeah. Best friend? I don't have one.
1: I claim the fifth on it. <laughs> I'm going to say Josh Steich. Well, it was fun interview. are the stay-paid pals. Yeah, the stay-paid bros, yo. <laughs> It was fun
0: interviewing you today. Nah, yeah, it was great. Great interview, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today here on Stay Paid, and I'm going to be honest, even if you didn't like what you heard. Yeah, please. Five-star geez, review. sure. it. Give us a five-star Hate review on it. iTunes. We won't tell anyone. No, we it won't. Will our little If secret. you hated my
1: backwards cap and you think I sounded dumb the whole podcast, please give, let me know. Give us a five-star. Ethan, do
0: not comment. Do not comment. You can also find our podcast in video, including this one on YouTube.com slash ReminderMedia or StayPaidPodcast.com where we post all of our podcasts, including the videos. Make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. As you're visiting with family this holiday mm-hmm. season, you know, yes. people people like being recommended. Yep. Great pieces of content. Yeah. I think this might classify as one of those. I, I would say it does. <laughs> Recommend a Netflix show. And stay paid, right? Someone, fact check, that, but Someone I, fact check that, Someone but I think that's a good one. If you'd like to get a hold of me or Luke, please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram or LinkedIn. And of course, you can check out Reminder Media on social media. We are at Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I just want to plug our Pinterest again a little bit. <laughs> Pinterest is strong.
1: It's a really good dude. Pinterest our Pinterest is, is awesome because we have so much content that is so applicable to Pinterest. It's, it's just Super, super it's awesome. strong. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Steich. And I'm Luke Acre, guys. And the action item from this, I think, is a really basic one, but I think it's super valuable. If you haven't told your story to your audience, I think you should. I think you should sit down this week and document it, whether it's through Facebook Lives. You could do it on a Facebook Live. You could do it on your website, do a bio, writing it. But the reason why I think it's powerful, because I think in today's age of marketing, I think people want to know the person, not not the company right? And so they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Obviously, we say it all the time. It's about relationships. So sit down, write your bio out, film it on Facebook Live, maybe film it on a video and put it up on your website. Do that this week. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today.